Jimmy Stein is back with the land of the living. So we're going to get his reaction to several things going on with Alabama. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. I'll talk about FanDuel here in just a little bit. And thank you for making this your first lesson every day. And thank Aaron Suttles for earlier coming on the program, giving us a little different perspective and a non-kidney stone-induced perspective. But I'll tell you something funny really quickly. Aaron Suttles, if you – by the way, he was great earlier. Uh, he does give a content creation for uh, Yay Alabama. He was fabulous. I hope you guys checked out that podcast. He told me he gets kidney stones a, a couple of like once every two or three months. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know how I, I don't know how you do this because I know Jimmy is in pain. I've never had them. Thank the good Lord. Knock on wood and metal and everything else. But anyway, Jimmy, uh, got to start with coaching. First of all, welcome back to the program. Everybody want everybody asked about you. You're doing OK, right? I'm uh, yeah, I'm doing OK. Um, uh it's still not uh, arrived. The blessed event has still not arrived. So uh, until that happens, I'm on pins and needles. Uh, you just have times when it's really bad and times when it's fine. But as long as we can record when it's fine, we're good to go. And that's why we're recording the uh, double whammy, the double entendre, the double trouble, whatever you want to. I had one earlier today, but I'm going to go ahead and do another because we don't know Jimmy. When Jimmy will be under the influence of prescription drugs. So, Jimmy, um, <laughs> let's talk. Not breaking the hope that's not breaking the rules because that's just going to be the case from here on out until the let's blessed talk, event arrives. Let's talk about coaching for a minute. Uh, Traveris mm-hmm. Robinson, is he in? Is he yeah. out? I mean, he's with, staying with Georgia, right? Yeah, keep this in mind. You know, we're recording this on uh, Monday at around 2.30, and uh, things can change because uh, literally things can change. So we don't want to say something and then have to backtrack. But, but yes, uh, our understanding at uh, BOL and all the, the great work that uh, that, that team is uh, is doing um, that I contribute to a little bit. It's been a little tough later lately. But, uh, yeah, we think T-Rob is out uh, most likely or, or – or let's just say that's not uh, that's not uh, what what we would say is the the most likely thing to happen. Now, uh, I think the more likely thing to happen is someone else. And uh, there's an interesting name uh, that, that's catching a lot of momentum right now, and that's uh, South Alabama head coach Kane Womack. Uh, that's uh, it's not far from like a certainty, and we're not saying at BOL that that's like, hey, this is going to happen. But that's a name to watch for sure. Uh, they know each other really well. Um, pretty interesting. 2019 Indiana staff. Here's three names on it. Kalen DeBoer, offensive coordinator. Kane Womack, defensive coordinator. Strength coach, David Ballou. So uh, wow. it's a little bit of a 2019 Indiana reunion. That team was very, very good, by the way. The 2019 Indiana team. Was that the one that uh, that beat Penn State at home? Or that was, that was the 2020 team, wasn't it? It was the one that I think made it all the way to play maybe Tennessee in a bowl game. Okay. Is that I right? can't remember. Doesn't matter. But um, uh, they were good. And it's why Kane Womack, uh, I don't think it was the 2019 team in particular. I think they were even better down the road, but uh, it might've been 21. That's right. I think the 21 Indiana team, you're right, Luke, uh, 
was the one that that won like 10 games and and and, and maybe played Tennessee in a bowl. Kane Womack uh, became the head coach at South Alabama because his defense at Indiana had earned a national reputation. Cool. And and look, also, let's not forget this. He's down in the Mobile area. It's a very fertile recruiting ground, and that can't I, hurt at all either. I, I would be good with that hire. Um, I do I, – I mean, look, I'm like everybody else. I'd be a little disappointed, I'm, I, and I guess I'm already disappointed because I don't think it's going to happen. Traveris Robinson, if he's not going to be at Alabama um, – that is disappointing, but hey, we've got to move on. And again, you got bigger fish to fry. It's it's all about uh, this current coach um, in in uh, DeBoer making inroads everywhere, getting the coaching staff he wants. And let's give him a little bit of time. Uh, we're going to talk about recruiting and transfer board in the second portion of the program. But um, you know, one thing that that I think so far, I think we're seeing some current players already begin to buy in. Um, yes. Devontae Smith has has basically said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. There have been some other players that have, have certainly uh, decided, hey, I'm going to get with this program. And that's where I talked to a friend of mine who happens to be an Auburn fan, but uh, we were talking just, you know, college football-y stuff. And he said, you know, the one thing that would worry me a little bit is Nick Saban having an office there. And I said, I, I would normally be worried. I said, in, in, that uh, your former coach still has an office there, and it's almost like meddling. I said, but I really, truly, honestly believe this. Nick Saban wants to make sure everything's good. He also realizes that he sort of that he quit kind of abruptly and uh, retired. I shouldn't say quit. He retired rather abruptly. And I think he wants to make the transition as smooth as possible so that his legacy is not tarnished at all by the fact that he left and things fell apart. I think having him there is a positive thing. And he's really just going to be there long enough probably to make sure, okay, everybody that wants to stay here because of me, they can stay here and they can still come to me. And also, meanwhile, Kalen DeBoer can begin to cement his own legacy. I really believe that maybe that is some Bamerism, Homerism, but whatever. I, I truly believe that. Well, first of all, his office is not in the football building. So when Nick right. Saban goes to his office in Tuscaloosa, it won't be in the same building as the head coach or the assistant. His, his office will be in Bryant-Denny Stadium where, where there is no football stuff ever going on other than the handful of times that they practice there and, and certainly play the games there. But uh, So I think that's one sign. Secondly, this is a prediction on my part. It's not me re- reporting anything because I don't think anything's been decided. But my prediction, uh, Luke, is that while Coach Saban will maintain an office in Tuscaloosa and will sometimes be there, I, I don't picture him as omnipresent uh, in Tuscaloosa or at Alabama. He's certainly just a phone call away and very eager to help. But I think Coach Saban is going to be really busy with three or four different things. Number one, he already has retirement-type homes in Lake Burton, Georgia, and also in Jupiter, Florida. I think he's going to spend considerably more time in those homes. Uh, that's number one. Number two is I anticipate that he will be part of the college football media this fall. That's going to keep him busy away from Tuscaloosa. Uh, number two. Uh, number three, as we all know, he has considerable business interests in the Mercedes dealerships and his Ferrari dealership. I, I can see him becoming more active uh, in terms of uh, uh, running things or helping run things uh, and being a bigger part of those things because I know that he enjoys it. And uh, fourth, there's golf. Uh, I, I think, you know, he often talks about golf. He loves golf. And for the first time in his adult life, now he'll be able to play a lot more golf. And uh, that can be a real addicting thing. So I think when you add all that up, 
while Nick Saban will remain a part of Tuscaloosa and have an office here, I don't worry just like you do, Luke. I don't worry about it becoming a meddling situation because simply he just won't be here very often. That's that's how I foresee it. Oh, a mute, a mute, a mute. Let's a kidney stone mute. Yes, and I'm muted with Aaron Suttles too. I'm back on my game, y'all. I was <laughs> I'm back on my game. I'm back at 100 percent mute. But, uh, no, and what I was gonna say was, and you add in grandchildren. You know, oh, yeah, well, that's a perfect example. Uh, so when he's here, he may actually spend time in Birmingham. You know, for those that don't know, his, his, his uh, daughter and, and her husband, they live in Birmingham, not Tuscaloosa. So uh, so that's travel as well. All right, Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to talk about the transfer portal regards to Alabama and also talk about some recruiting. Got to tell everybody about the Jace case with Jace Medical right now. I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for actual real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary stuff, y'all. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my children got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jason Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On at jacemedical.com, and you'll get $20 off your first order with Jace Medical. Transfer portal and recruiting. We'll start off with the transfer portal. Obviously, everybody knows Isaiah Bond's story. I, I, Jimmy, I, I don't think you and I have talked about Isaiah Bond, but uh, my take on it was I hate it. I don't like it. I wish Isaiah Bond would stick around. I feel like if he had stuck around, I mean, he goes down, and you know, in Alabama lore. He kind of already does because of fourth and 31. And um, at the same time, I understand the irony and the hypocrisy if you get mad at Isaiah Bond for leaving for more money and a better opportunity when we just hired a coach for the exact same reasons. <laughs> yeah, not to mention we sign kids out of the portal, you know, for, who have left good programs and their friends and their coaches because they thought Alabama was a better opportunity for them. We can't, we can't laud them and be angry at those that see a better opportunity for themselves somewhere else. So uh, I, I'm mad about Bond leaving but I'm not mad at Isaiah Bond, if that yeah. makes sense. I mean, it, it's just real disappointing that it played out that way, and that was the decision that was made. But I, I'm, I don't fault him. I don't look at him like, well, that was dumb because he's going to a place that has a big-time program and a big-time quarterback, and they'll well-position him for the draft. And uh, it's more secure and stable in the sense that, that you know, they're not going through a transition like Alabama is. I mean, I get it. I mean, he's basically – He's basically saying, hey, I like what y'all did with Xavier Worthy, and, and now I want to be worthy. This, you know, Worthy caught, you know, a bunch of balls for a thousand yards this past season. It's going to be a high pick in the draft. So I, I get it, but I'm uh, upset because Isaiah was going to be one of the best players on the team. I thought he was ready to make another step and become literally uh, one of the one of the better wide receivers in all of college football. 
uh, real unfortunate, not really replaceable, uh, particularly when you factor in uh, now that there's a uh, greater difficulty in landing Ryan Williams, which I don't rule out. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the idea of pairing Bond and Ryan Williams in this new offense sounds awesome. Uh, I don't know that we'll see either one. Uh, and that is a reason to be frustrated. But at the same time, uh, you got to get the head coach right and you got to get the staff right. That, that, that's what has to happen first and foremost, the head coach and then the staff. Uh, you build the roster next. Um, all right, well, let's go to Ryan Williams. I mean, we could talk more transfer portal, Amari Nye Black in the portal, but I said this yesterday on the solo thing I did that, you know, I'm, I'm a Amari Nye Black fan. I hope he goes somewhere. I hope he kicks butt. Or maybe he comes back to Alabama, whatever. I would say this if he came back to Alabama. The Amari Nye Black reputation has been bigger than the Amari Nye Black production. Maybe that's not Amari Nye Black's fault. Maybe that's the quarterback's fault. Maybe that's the scheme's fault, game plan's fault, whatever. I'm just saying we all love Amari Knobloch, but I think part of it is Alabama fans, for whatever reason, have an affinity for tight ends. We just love the heck out of them and think they're always open. And secondly, Amari Knobloch is such an incredible athlete that has made some nice plays, and we go, hey, we need to get him the ball more. But the fact of the matter is we haven't gotten him the ball more, whether that's on him, on us, or a combination of both. It doesn't matter. Um but I'm just wanted to say that about now. Black. Now let's go back to Ryan Williams for a second. I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm not going to feel any way about Ryan Williams for at least a week or two. I'm going to see how things go. Um, but I can't help but think, even without Traveris Robinson, Alabama still got a shot here, given the type of offense we run or going to run. Yeah, I do. I believe that. I believe uh, Alabama. Uh, is in uh, a, a good spot with Ryan Williams. Uh, it's not what it was uh, before. Luke and I have been extremely optimistic considering his position in the recruiting world. Uh, I think we both admit now we're not as optimistic as we were. Uh, I'm certainly not myself. I think it's more wide open uh, than it was. But uh, I, I do think Alabama, he's going to give Alabama, listen, I, I, I think in his head, he's been going to Alabama the whole time that's kind of difficult to remove from your head, particularly when he has a peer group. You know, he, him and Jalen Mbakwe, for instance, are really good friends. Uh, he's friends with a lot of people now in Tuscaloosa and Alabama that he would be walking away from. And I think after he makes his official visit, which we're reporting at BOL is, is still on, still going to take place the weekend of the 20th, which is upcoming. Uh, I think after he looks at that offense and meets Kalen DeBoer, uh, I think he's going to be very open to Alabama, but uh, but it will be harder than it was before. It really will. Uh, and, and and let's see. I think it's a good test for Kalen DeBoer. I don't know that it's a fair test. And if he doesn't sign with Alabama, you can't fault DeBoer, uh, who, who tried to recruit him, you know, in less than 30 days, where just everybody else has had literally years. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'm optimistic. As far as Amari Nyblack goes, this is one thing that's related and, and kind of gets me, this is how hard we are as a fan base to please. This is how hard hard we are, okay? We demand, generally, not all of us, but a lot of us, what did we say all last year during the offseason? For Alabama to be successful, what they have to do? They had to run the dang ball. I'm saying dang, but, but we all know what the word is. Run the dang ball. There was even hats sold by one of the offensive linemen. Run the ball, run the ball. Everybody's on board. Run the ball. And then what do you know Alabama shifts to 12 personnel, which means two tight ends, is a, is a primary look for Alabama. And they do. They ran the ball quite a bit. They even had a quarterback that ran the ball as much as the running backs do. 
uh, they did run the ball more, and we wanted them to do that. Okay, fast forward now a few months. Now what do people say? The wide receivers didn't catch enough balls. Bond didn't catch enough balls. Black doesn't catch enough balls. Well, what do we want, people? You, you it, Running the ball more means less receptions, okay? It's not all the quarterback. It's a shift in offensive philosophy last year led to less receptions. 12 personnel means one less wide receiver is on the field, on the field, much less catching balls. So uh, I think all the people like, what, what do we get? Run the ball more and throw it more? Is that what we are demanding now? So my point being, yes, Nye Black, I'm sure, is frustrated over his lack of receptions. I know Bond is. He specifically said that. But Alabama made a concerted effort last year to run the ball more. I think personally under DeBoer, we're going to have to wait and see. But they threw it a ton at Washington. Michael Penix, I believe, was second in the nation in, in the amount of yards he threw for. They had 2,000-yard receivers. So the receptions are going up. My question, I'm not going to call it a complaint. My question is the other way, like, hey, we're not going to abandon the run, right, because I'm still an Alabama run-the-ball guy. Well, Dylan Johnson at Washington was – highly productive. In fact, he had more rushing yards than Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams put together. So I, I think DeBoer manages to throw it a ton, but still get a really good production from the running back position. And it certainly is um, a catch 22 because you think about it this way, like you want to, I think to recruit running backs, one of the selling points is, hey, we're, we're going to recruit you and you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of play, but you, we're not going to wear the tread off the tires. And but the thing is, running backs also want to run the ball. So I don't know. I just I don't know where my thought was going there, but I think that uh, maybe you get where I'm coming from, because right now I don't. I just lost myself. Doesn't matter. Um, Jimmy. We want to talk about recruiting a lot more uh, as the day goes on. And like you said, this beacon, Jamie French decommitted. Um, that's I hate it. I love Jamie French, but I think we'll have a shot there too. And apparently he's coming in this weekend. He's also coming this weekend. You got plenty of time with him. He's a 2025 guy, another guy whose mom was set on Alabama. So you, you've still got a great shot there. People don't need to be frustrated, uh, but people also need to accept that this is a transition. Uh, it's going to take a minute. Things aren't just – picking up where they left off. It's going to take a minute. Uh, a lot of kids, I know this sounds crazy, a lot of kids chose Alabama because they wanted to play for Nick Saban, and 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 you've lost that. So you're going to lose kids over that for now. Believe it or not, if things go well, and they could and they should, one day people will choose Alabama because Kalen DeBoer is here and they want to play for him. But that's not going to happen overnight. He's from somewhere else. And we have to tell people what his success is as opposed to something they've seen for themselves. So it might take a minute, but hey, he made it to the national championship game with Washington's roster, not not Nick Saban's roster. Now, hopefully we're going to be able to deliver for Coach DeBoer a better roster than he's ever had before. But uh, schedule, remember, though. let's remember what he did with less. And yes, it is a different schedule, but, you know, he beat Texas twice. Alabama lost the last time they played Texas. Uh, you know, he he uh he played with Michigan, you know, pretty well. Didn't look overmatched, you know. Uh, so let's just uh deliver him a better roster than what he had at Washington and 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 see how he does. But he seems to be like a guy, what they say about Coach Bryant, he can take 
his and beat yours, then he can take yours and beat his. That's that's an overstatement, but but hey, his record is 104 and 12. So so maybe he is that guy. Jimmy, when we come back, gotta give hoops their props. But you know, I gotta talk about FanDuel right now, fanduel.com slash locked on. If you go there, go to fanduel.com slash locked on, you paste one five dollar. Uh, bet you will get 150 in bonus bets. That's incredible. Go check it out. The NFL playoffs are going on. They're about to be going on right now. By the time this gets loaded up, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills are probably going at it in a snowstorm. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, you can use FanDuel to make it even more fun. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can use it for college basketball too. You can use it for NBA. You can use it for whatever. FanDuel is so much fun. It makes everything better. You will absolutely love it. FanDuel.com slash locked on. All you got to do is place one five dollar bet and you get 150 in bonus bets. That's whether you win or lose, by the way, people, whether you win or lose. FanDuel.com slash locked on. So Jimmy, um given hoops their props, they deserve it. Um they you know went on a three game losing streak. It wasn't pretty, but it was the toughest three game streak anybody's had so far in the in the season. Jay Billis went so far as to say, hey, you know who they play next? The Nuggets. Um, and that's a great point. And I think that's paying off a little bit because that game against Mississippi State Saturday night, Mississippi State's not a bad team. Now, they're not a great team. They lost at home to some bad team, I know. and But they only have like three or four losses on the year. They're not – they beat Tennessee at home, by the way, who's ranked in the top five or top six. Um, and Alabama beat them. And Alabama beat them without a true big man. I mean, yeah, okay – if you want to talk about Nick Pringle, but Nick Pringle played about six minutes and had five fouls. I mean, right. that's that's just what he's going to give you right now. Tolu Smith is a man, and he was eating. Um, Grant Nelson, who has had his struggles offensively, especially recently, he has not played well offensively. I thought he played incredibly well defensively. He stood his ground. He did all he could against a guy who is more talented than him on the interior. And I thought he played well. Mark Sears is is just playing. He, oh boy, I hate to say he's playing above his head because it feels like that that makes him sound like he's he's not that good. He's just playing well. I think he's really that good. I mean, this is a guy that should be vying for some kind of All American honor, whether it's second or third team. He won't be first team. I get that, but he should be first or I mean, second or third team. Um, and they go on the road and get a win in the SEC. Alabama and Auburn are the only two undefeated teams in this conference. People. And um, they play each other a week from Wednesday. Yeah. And by the way, we're reporting at BOL that uh, it's very likely that uh, Kalen DeBoer will be introduced to the Tuscaloosa crowd at that Alabama-Auburn game, not the Tuesday night game. He may be busy uh, and, and unavailable for Tuesday night, but uh, busy with uh, Alabama football duties, of course. But uh, next Wednesday at the Auburn game, that'll be one more awesome you know, aspect about that game. I, I couldn't be prouder of this group. Um, and Mark Sears is the reason for the success. I mean, I would even go so far as say he's the reason uh, that they would not be where they are uh, if it wasn't for Mark Sears doing what he's doing. Uh, I'll be, you know, going into the season, Luke, I felt like Grant Nelson's going to be really good and Rylan Griffin's going to take a big step. And between those two, we'll be really good again because of Griffin and Grant Nelson. And uh, boy, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm wrong in this sense. They're not the two best players on the team. They're helping. 
They're a big part of things. Grant Nelson even got the hard hat award the other night. They're helping, but they're helping Mark Sears. Mark Sears is the best player on this team by leaps and bounds. I think he's the SEC player of the year right now. He is doing more for the team this year than Brandon Miller did for Alabama last year. Now, Brandon had a better supporting cast, uh, but Mark has just been fantastic. For Alabama's team to have great success, guys like Grant Nelson and Rylan Griffin, uh, they have to step it up. I'll tell you another hidden guy. Maybe the numbers don't say it, Luke, but uh, Mo D, Mo D body. I think inserting him in the lineup and him getting substantially more minutes is contagious in terms of the energy uh, and defensive intensity and toughness. Uh, he reminds me of, you know, he reminds me of, I, I think, uh, I, I think the, the, the kidney stone illness has robbed me of, of uh, some memory here. Who was the uh, power forward we had, the forward that uh, I think is uh, he's from South Carolina and transferred to Nebraska about three, three cycles ago, Gary, oh, Jawan Gary, yeah, Jawan Gary. I just remembered. I think Mo Diabati is Jawan Gary. Now he's a freshman Jawan Gary, but that's what he reminds me of. Similar size, similar skill level. Jawan Gary was really helping us out before he left and was a good fit, I think, in Nate Oates, you know, offense. But uh, I think Diabati's been a big part of things. He, he, he was playing, I think, at about the first or second whistle, first or second dead ball, you know, su subbing in from the bench. So Well, because Pringle had two fouls in about six exactly. seconds. Exactly. But we were a better team on the floor with yeah, Diabati the other night. Now, Pringle fouled out and before, you know, and I know Pringle's foul prone, but, uh, you know, Mississippi State beat Tennessee because they kept fouling out their big guys. So right. Pringle's not alone in uh, getting a lot of fouls trying to guard uh, Tulu Smith and their other big dude who's a freaking handful. Guy looks like a tight end out there. Yeah, they got they got some – that was the one thing that I noticed was, like, Mississippi State's got some beefy dudes out there. Not, like, beefy, like, fat, like, filled out broad i mean they were they, they had a nice looking jans is a good coach yeah he is you know did i tell you i met yeah. him not too terribly yeah yeah you ago. talked about it on the show yeah months ago and Super uh, nice yeah i'm 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 mississippi state i mean you can't really have a second favorite team uh, you know alabama's my first favorite i don't really have a second favorite but my wife's family uh, a lot of them are mississippi state fans so i i keep up with mississippi state so i can have good conversations with the in-laws and uh i, I you know i i'd I'm really kind of pull for him, and and I think Jan's doing a good job, and uh, I enjoy watching that team play because they they play hard, and that's Nate Oates said that in the locker room. He said, "What I'm really proud of you guys were y'all out toughed a tough team. They're tough, and y'all out toughed them tonight, and that's why you won the game. And boy, that's saying a bunch, a lot for our bunch because Mississippi State is tough. That's the first trait you'd use to describe them. And Mississippi State is a team you're going to see in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm with you on that." Um, one other thing about Mark Sears, you know, what I really love about him, and this has been true, I think, some of the last few games, if not all of them, like, he doesn't get off to necessarily, like, this super hot start. No, he's, he saves his badass moments for the end. Like, he put his, the team on his back 100%, and he's done that the last few games, and it's almost like he, he, he takes on a true point guard persona at first. Like, I want to see who else – I want to get some other people active. I want to get some other people going, make sure. But if, you know, if nobody else is doing it, he's like, I'm going to go do it. And he's a he developmental, developmental guy too. One thing, you know, as fans of recruiting, and we all are here, that's why a lot of you folks are, are listening to the show because we talk about recruiting a lot. And me and Luke are big fans of the five stars. And, hey, you want to win big? 
Go sign five stars. We know that. Nick Saban proved that to us as if we needed any proof. But uh, Mark, for all our five-star talk, here's the best kid on the team, the SEC player of the year, zero SEC offers out of high school. Out of high school, zero. So he's a great develop. uh, You know, uh, I talk all the time. College is a developmental thing. We watch these kids get better, freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, junior to senior. Sears is a perfect example of developing why he works hard and he has great coaching and And those two things together. I hope the weather doesn't affect attendance at all tomorrow night. I know Missouri's 0-3 in the league, but Alabama needs to get this win. They go on the road to Tennessee on Saturday and then come home to play Auburn and LSU in back-to-back weeks. So um, you got to get this Missouri win. You just got to get this Missouri win. Um, But, guys, we will be back tomorrow with more. I hope you enjoyed the double take today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.